Good evening. Our study this evening is uh, the glory of the new covenant in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 7 through 18. Before we begin our study, I'd like to go back to the last week's uh, verses 5 and 6 to help us to understand verse 7 where we start our lesson this evening. In uh, 2 Corinthians 3, verses 5 and 6, Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God, who has made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter of the Spirit, but of the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. So Paul here is saying that he's a minister, he's a servant, he's a teacher of the new covenant or the gospel of Christ, the New Testament, bringing that new message to the, uh, to the, the people at Corinth and throughout the, uh, the area. And he says here that the letter kills. And the letter that he's talking about here in particular is the Old Testament law of, uh, of Moses. And in particular, he's talking about the Ten Commandments that were written on stone. So that brings us to verse 7 where we start our study this evening. But if the ministry of death written and engraved on stones was glorious so that the children of Israel could not look steadily on the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance which glory was passing away. 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 7. This ministry of death that he's talking about here he explains to us that it's the Ten Commandments that are written on stone. And uh, the, the reason they refer to that as the ministry of death is because that uh, if they committed sin, uh, they were committed uh, to, the, to the punishment for that sin. And in uh, Romans 8 and verse 2, he said, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. The law of sin and death that he's talking about there is the ministry of death uh, here in verse 7. So we understand, we know that all men sin. We all f fall short of the glory of God. We do things we ought not to do. We leave things that are undone. And in Ezekiel 18 and verse uh, Four, he said, Behold, he said, All souls are mine. The soul of the Father, as well as the soul of the Son, is mine. And the soul whose sins shall die. The soul whose sins shall die, starting here in verse 20. He said, The Son shall not bear the guilt of the Father, nor the Father bear the guilt of the Son. But the righteousness of the righteous shall be upon himself, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon himself. So we see here, again, uh, these two verses from Ezekiel here reinforce the fact that the soul who sins shall die. So Paul referred to this then, the Old Testament there, and especially there the, of the uh, Ten Commandments. He referred to that then as the ministry of death. And I think the second reason that he gives it this title is in uh, perhaps Hebrews 10 and uh, verse 28. He said uh, there, he said, anyone who has rejected the law of Moses dies without mercy of, 
on the testimony of two or three witnesses. So there was a, um, in, in the old times, uh, when uh, the Jewish people were under the law of Moses, there were many times that they rejected Moses' law and they turned aside, went back after the ways of the pagans and those people about him. And he, Paul says here, uh, the, or the writer of Hebrews says that uh, uh, if we reject the law, that, we would, that they would die without mercy. And so Paul concludes in Romans 7, in verses 9 and 10, he said, I was alive once without the law, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. And the commandment which was to bring life, I found, brought, uh, found to bring death. So Paul realized, <clears throat> having lived under the old law of Moses and trying to keep those laws and to do those things, he realized that, uh, that it was impossible for him to keep every little uh, iota of the law. And because of that, it, uh, it found, he found that it would, uh, instead of bringing life to him, that it would bring forth death because he realized that, uh, that there was no way that he could be forgiven of all of those sins that he had done. So back to verse 7 there, and the last part of it, he says that uh, the people there, the children of Israel, they could not look steadily on the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance, which glory was passing away. So the <clears throat> Jewish people there, held the fact that Moses had been on the mount talking with God, being in his presence, and when he came down, that uh, they could not look on his face, for his, Moses, his face shone so brightly that they could not uh, look on his face for any length of time without, uh, I guess, becoming blinded. So they looked at that law then because of the fact that Moses had been on the mount with God, they thought that this was a very glorious thing and that, uh, that God had given this to them. In, uh, <clears throat> in Exodus 34, beginning with verse 29 through 33, it said, Now it was so when Moses came down from Mount Sinai and the two tablets of the testimony were in Moses' hand, when he came down from the mountain, that Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone while he was talking with them. So when Aaron and all of the children of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come near him. Then Moses called to them, and Aaron and all of the rulers of the congregation returned to him, and Moses talked with them. Verse 32 he said afterwards, all of the children of Israel came near, and he gave them as commandments all that the Lord had spoken with him on Mount Sinai. And when Moses was finished speaking with them, he put a veil on his face. <clears throat> so uh, he had to put this veil over his face to, uh, so that they could uh, look at him. And uh, this glowing that was on his face was going to last for a while, but in time uh, it was going to disappear, but because they could see that, they felt that this was a very 
glorious thing that the Lord had had done for them. So, but the shining there eventually faded away. Verse 8 of our text this evening, he said, How will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious? So he asked a, a question here in uh, verse 8. He said that the ministry of the Spirit uh, compared to the old ministry of death that we've just uh, talked about there. He said, he said, and it's going to be more glorious than what the other was. And the new was there to affect each Christian with an everlasting glory. So <clears throat> the old law, it was temporal. It could not uh, bring the eternal things that they would like to have of eternal life. But the new law, uh, the ministry of the Spirit, it was going to, it was much more glorious because it was going to be able to accomplish that in their life that they would uh, have the uh, their sins remitted and they would have that hope of everlasting life. Joel talked about the uh, fact that after uh, Christ rose from the grave that uh, his Apostles that they would uh, assemble together there, and that the Spirit, God's Spirit, there would be manifested there on the day of Pentecost. In Joel uh, 2, verses 28 and 29, he said, And it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, the young men shall see visions, and all on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. So that's exactly what happened there on the day of Pentecost. We know that that uh, Peter, John, they were uh, to to speak to the people there, and they were telling them about the uh, uh, about the uh, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Christ and the effect that it was going to have that they could have the forgiveness of their sins and so that uh, and it was quite a sight that all of these people from different countries that they could all hear Paul or I'm sorry that they could hear Peter speaking in their own language and uh <clears throat> And, and telling them the things that they needed to know there concerning uh, the salvation that is in Christ. So this was fulfilled in Acts 2, verse 32 and verse 33. Then, then Jesus, God, this Jesus God has raised up, of which we are all witnesses, therefore being exalted by the right hand of God, Having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see and hear. So uh, this uh, spirit that, that came upon them was poured out. It was fulfilled exactly what uh, Joel said that it would do. And uh, when they preached this gospel of Christ, of, the de of his death, his burial, his resurrection, uh, many of the people there, 
began to believe on Christ and they could uh, understand the gospel. They could understand the message that God had for them for eternal life. And those who uh, believed, they obeyed the gospel of Christ. And in Acts 2, verses 38 and 39, Then Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you, and to your children, and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. So he's, Peter here says to them that when they obey this gospel, that they are going to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And there's a better understanding of that, I believe, uh, that uh, it should be that uh, the that it would be the Holy Spirit's gift rather than the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had a gift for those that obeyed the gospel, for those that believed, that repented, that made a confession of their faith, were baptized. They were going to have a blessing. And he said, this promise is to you, to your children, to all who are far off, as many as the Lord will call. Again, we see the, now we begin to see the glory of this uh, new covenant that Peter is talking about here. Because now it used to be just for the Jews only, but now he said it's for all who are far off as many as the Lord our God will call. So <clears throat> that was <clears throat> fulfilled there on the day of Pentecost at that time. Uh, that that gift was given to him. So it's not uh, to understand what this gift that the Holy Spirit was going to give, that uh, the understanding of that is that of eternal life. In Romans 6, in verse 23, he said, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So it was through Christ that this new covenant is going to be preached. And it is uh, the wages of sin was death. Those that lived under the old law that sinned uh, against God, that uh, they were under a penalty of death. But God now has a gift for those that obey the gospel of Christ. And that gift is eternal life. Jesus says in John 17, verses uh, one and two, Jesus spoke these words. He lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, the, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you, as you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have been given uh, him. So here again, Jesus re reinforces this, uh, what our knowledge of that gift is, and that is the gift of eternal life. So, Paul asked a, a, a very good question of the uh, of the church there at Rome, and or uh, in in Galatia. I'm sorry. He said, this only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit 
by the works from the law or by the hearing of faith. So the uh, they they heard this through the through the faith and uh, uh, and because of that they received uh, the glory of that gift and knowing that they would have eternal life if they obeyed the gospel of Christ. So today we understand that uh, we are the church, we are the Christians, we are the temple, and we are the dwelling place of, uh, of God's Spirit that lives within our hearts. In verse 9, for if the ministry of condemnation had glory, the ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory. So if that old law, if that was glorious to know and to understand that this ministry of righteousness that is going to be given to those that obeyed the gospel of Christ, he said this exceeds much more in glory compared to what the old law was able to give them. And... Uh, when you stop and consider the change that it made in the life of those that uh, obeyed the gospel, uh, we can see the 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 uh, the great effect that it had upon people. You know, the Jewish people there oftentimes they were referred to as being stiff-necked and being rebellious, but having obeyed the gospel of Christ, uh, they became a new being in uh, entirely. The spirit that was given uh, that uh, they had uh, was recognized by this in Galatians 5 verses 22 and 23 he said but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness gentleness, self control against such <clears throat> there is no law so we could see the great uh, benefit of, of this uh, of this uh, the spiritual change that would come upon those that obeyed the gospel of Christ and the, the, the fruit of that spirit instead of being rebellious instead of being stiff necked they would be characterized by the love and the joy, the peace the long suffering etc that, uh, that Paul is talking about here in Galatians the 5th chapter at first they were under a curse in Galatians 3 and in verse 10, he said, For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. So they were under a curse and they lived in fear of uh, the, uh, the, the penalties that they would incur if they were disobedient to our Heavenly Father. In uh, Exodus, the 20th chapter, in verses 18 through 20 there, he said now, and Paul here is going back, and uh, uh, or, or in Exodus here, we're going back to the time of Moses when uh, God gave them this old law. He said, now all of the people witnessed the thunderings, the lightning flashes, the sound of the trumpet, and the mountain smoking, and when the people saw it, they trembled and stood afar off. And they said to Moses, You speak with us, and we will hear, but let not God speak with us, lest we die. And Moses said to the people, Do not fear, for God has come to test you, and that his fear may 
be before you so that you may not sin. So <clears throat> they had a fear, and they had a fear of sin knowing the penalty that it would incur in this in their time. <clears throat> so today, this is how we should be found of him. Paul puts it this way in Philippians 3 and in verse 9. He said, Be found in him not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. So <clears throat> we conclude then that uh, the greatest glory of all is the glory that we have of being righteous in God because of our faith and uh, coupled with this new spirit that he's given us and uh, that will move us to, to follow uh, the will and the uh, of our Heavenly Father to do those things. And, and faith will uh, cause us, believing this, uh, will cause us when we repent and uh, we go through this change that uh, what we're going to receive is much greater uh, in glory than anything that the Jewish people had under the old law of Moses. <clears throat> Verse 11, he said, For what is passing away was glorious. <clears throat> what remains is much more glorious. So if that was glorious under the Old Testament to the uh, to the Jewish people, seeing this then uh, that they are receiving from their obedience to the gospel of Christ. He said that uh, this is much greater. Under the old law, they had a, they had a, uh, a temporal priesthood, but under this new law, we have a priest in Christ that is going to be eternal for us. <clears throat> Hebrews 7, verses 23 and 24 he said, and also there were many priests because they were prevented by death from continuing. But he, because he continues forever, has an unchangeable priesthood. So <clears throat> our Savior has an unchangeable priesthood. And uh, we can, uh, comparing the priesthood of the old to the priesthood of the uh, of the new covenant, we can see how much more glorious uh, that our priesthood is, and that's what Paul is trying to uh, to convince the the people there at Corinth how great, how precious of a uh, that our salvation is, that and how glorious that it is. Verse twelve and thirteen. <clears throat> Since, therefore, since we have such hope, we use great boldness of speech, unlike Moses who put a veil over his face that, so that the children could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away. So, <clears throat> so <clears throat> we see here that, uh, that indeed that... Uh, that what we have today then is more glorious. Uh, Moses put a veil over his face, but that that glowing that was on his face that soon passed away, and uh, the glory that uh, glorious uh, thing was uh, was passing. It was a temporal thing, but the glory of the New Testament is eternal in nature. Verses fourteen and fifteen. 
He said, but their minds were blinded, for until this day the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament, because the veil is taken away in Christ. But even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil lies on their heart. So he's talking here about a literal veil that was over the face of Moses, but he's talking about a figurative veil that is over the hearts of those that do not believe the, uh, the, the this new gospel that is being taught. And uh, <clears throat> the Jewish people, they could not see the old uh, uh, temporal law being uh, replaced by a much superior uh, eternal uh, law of Christ. And so they were blinded by uh, the fact that they could not understand and to and to uh, to be able to see uh, the the glory of this new covenant. This in Isaiah six and verse ten, he prophesied uh, about this very thing. So, and we see the fulfillment of that in Second Corinthians, the fourth chapter, verses three and four that we studied several weeks ago. But even if our gospel is veiled. Paul says, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should not should shine on them. So Paul here is saying then that, uh, that they, they're blinded. Uh, and their gospel is veiled to them because... Uh, uh, they do not believe this uh, this uh, this gospel of Christ, and so so they couldn't understand the nature, uh, the the difference in their heart. The old was uh, was a uh, was a ministry of death. Paul said, "The new is a is a ministry of life, of eternal life." And there's quite a quite a difference between the two. They couldn't understand the nature of the kingdom. Uh, that it's uh, that Christ uh, of replacing uh, what Moses had taught, and so the Jewish people were hard uh, pressed to be able to understand uh, this uh, nail. So the Moses, <clears throat> the veil that was over Moses' face, so that they couldn't see his face, but the veil that is over the hearts of those. Uh, who could not see the glory of the Christ, the glory of the new covenant of Christ? So, uh, <clears throat> so a veil was on their hearts, and forbid them to be able to see to understand what the glory of the gospel was about. <clears throat> In verse sixteen, uh, or excuse me, back up there. In verse 16, it said, When one turns to God, their uh, Christ's words, <clears throat> to Christ and his words, and they turn away from man's teaching, we could see the simple glory of the truth of God's word. And uh, <clears throat> the, in Deuteronomy 4 and verse 29, <clears throat> he said, But from there you will seek the Lord your God, and you will find him if you seek him with all of your heart and soul. So Moses had told him early 
in their days that if they would seek God with all of their heart, with all of their soul, that they would be able to find him. They had to put their heart and their soul <clears throat> into uh, to seeking after God. And I think that's the message for us today, that, uh, that the glory that we have of the New Testament, of the new law, of the, of the, the gospel of Christ, and that if we seek our Heavenly Father with all of our heart, with all of our soul, we will find Him. But if we let uh, the words of man put a veil over our eyes that we cannot see and to understand the, uh, the gospel then, uh, and the things that are taught in, in being obedient to that gospel, uh, uh, we will be veiled and we'll never be able to see and to understand that. And finally, in, in Lamentations 3 and verse 40, he said, let us search out and examine our ways and turn back to the Lord. So <clears throat> this was a, was a challenge for the Jewish people uh, to be able to search God with all of their heart, with all of their soul, to, and to examine their own ways. And so the, the thing that I want to leave with you this evening is the fact that uh, we need to humble ourselves. We need uh, the, what we have today in the gospel of Christ is so glorious and so eternal. And uh, if we search after that with our heart, with all of our soul, we will find it because the Lord said that we would. And if we have to search out, we have to examine our ways. We have to compare our ways, the, the things that we say, the things that we teach. We have to compare that to what the Word of God says in the, this new covenant 